Today's heartbreaking edition of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the Arizona Office of Tourism. Every Monday recap episode from now through February is sponsored by the Arizona Office of Tourism, and we will be talking about them at the break. Now, Raymond, why don't you let them know? Where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we like to engage with you. All right. Raymond, where can they find you? (laughs) That was was the most plastic plastic read version I've ever done. (laughs) Um, You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis, and you can find me on Instagram at Ray Solis1. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis3 and Twitter at Rudy Solis3RD. All right, here we go. This is uh, our post-Super Bowl recap episode. I would probably say we went from the uh, it, the most important gold cast we've ever done to probably sports-wise, not including the Kobe Bryant episode. That was pretty rough. Uh, I would say this is the saddest gold cast we've had to do. Way It hurts even deeper than the NBA Finals. This is definitely the toughest one but all right here we go your professor fanalism is in the building you're the greatest fanalist in the game he's also here classes in session let's go san francisco are you ready this is the gold cast boom Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We're the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sis Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the First, baby. So, Ray, the Forty um, Niners played in the Super Bowl yesterday, and the uh, the Forty Niners lost their second Super Bowl in a row. The San Francisco Bay Area sports as a city has lost our second championship in a row having lost the NBA Finals with the Warriors earlier th- uh, last year. And now, nine months later, we lose the Super Bowl. I said on Twitter, if we uh, we need the Giants to now lose the World Series, and then we've got a complete sweep of all three major championships. And I like consistency. So, I mean, we might as well, if we're going to go for ripping out the souls of San Francisco Bay Area sports fans, this is the way to do it. <laughs> this is the best way. Um 49ers lose in heartbreaking fashion. We were up 20 to 10, and the Chiefs score 21 points and roll on us in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, Jimmy G had it all in position. You know, several minutes left to go. Entire game on his back. I really thought uh, we'll get into that later. And uh, we had a couple wonderful plays that. Kyle called up, but it just wasn't in the cards. And uh, the 49ers lose 31-20. to 20. Um, How do you feel? And uh, let's start there. Uh, very, very somber. I kind of I float between anger and sadness. 
although I kind of lean more in the sad just because, you know, life goes on. I got to I got to do regular work stuff, human stuff, day stuff. So I don't have time to walk around, you know, with a stick up my ass. I got to, you know, and and I didn't participate in the game. But as a passionate fan, you know, you feel for these guys, you feel for the fact that you came really close and the fact that things really look like they were in control for the better part of nearly three and a half quarters. And, you know, I thought the running game was slow to start, but it picked up a lot of steam in the second quarter. Uh, that 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 drive really gave me confidence because I really expected us to score on that first drive when we drove down and to just settle for a field goal was a bit disappointing. But to me, um, you know, I think I'm going to kind of leapfrog to, you know, when it kind of turned for the worse. From my perspective, it was really kind of when we got the second interception from Tavarius Moore and weren't able to score on that drive. Yep. And that was really the opportunity to put it away because 11 minutes were left in the fourth quarter. You get a, you know, a very opportune interception and the offense just couldn't do it. Um, And they gave the ball right back. And even in that instance, you really had them pinned down on a third and 15 and just allow a really inexcusable long ball, wide open shot to Tariq Hill. Just the coverage was horrible. To me, I think, you know, and I don't mean to get too far ahead, but just to kind of plant the seed, you know, do not be surprised if the Niners go out and draft a defensive back with their first pick in the upcoming draft because that is clearly something that even though we are the best, you know, the number one secondary in the NFL throughout the season, you know, big game moments like this where, you know, you lose track and and you just, and you, you give up a big play when you really shouldn't, especially on a third and 15, you know, this is stuff that we were doing to other teams and stuff that we were really containing on a consistent basis uh, conversely. But to give it up in the big game was just like, it's like of all times for that to happen. And that, to me, that was really the beginning of the end. There was seven minutes left in the game and third and 15. And, you know, Terry kills just for whatever reason, he's wide open. Jimmy Ward bites, uh, bites on the inside. And then Tariq Hill turns and, and, and pulls to the outside. And Jimmy Ward then has to, you know, he spins has to spin on his spin on his momentum inside and by the time he gets back there it's it's already over. They so you got the first and 10, 20 to go. And then um you know, you're not out of it because it's 17 to 20. You still have the lead. It was a two possession lead. And then there was just they just kind of unraveled. I just felt like there was some something weird happened where just uncharacteristically this team really kind of allowed the pressure to get to them and just couldn't 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 contain defensively and couldn't progress offensively and just really kind of just hit some weird kind of, I don't know, you know, and I guess, I guess credit to the chiefs for capitalizing it because they made plays when they needed to make plays and their backs were against the wall and they were desperate and, you know, they're, they're, you know, a confident and comfortable team playing from behind, but this is from behind in the fourth quarter with less than a half a quarter to go, and you're down by two possessions. So it's not an easy position to be, not even for that team. And I just think that the Niners just seem to kind of unravel within a very short 
spurt of time within a half a quarter this team unraveled and gave up the lead and then ended up allowing a a bit of a blowout i mean some of those scores were unnecessary at that point but i mean clearly had checked out at that point you really kind of just they did and and jimmy jimmy looked flustered at the end he did not look comfortable and confident and comfortable trying to mount a comeback drive and i don't know it just didn't work and you know he had he had been great in those moments all season long and you know but uh i think uh being in a pressure moment like that he uh he failed to answer the call and i'm not saying that i'm not going to go out like you know there's lots of stupid comments i've shut off so i've shut off all my youtube notifications for anything football related and I shut off everything social media wise that is football related because I'm just done with the sport for now. Not until, you know, fantasy kicks in and do the draft and all that kind of fun stuff. When it get when it starts to get fun again and you start to forget about the uh the out the, the the very abrupt meltdown that happened in the latter half of the fourth quarter here. Because up until that point, I think you had to feel really good. I wasn't comfortable because I really felt that if we were to push the score to 27-10, then that's that would have really done it. Then I think it would have really done it. Because you could see the Chiefs reeling, especially when Mahomes threw that, that second interception in the fourth quarter. That's the fourth quarter you throw in a second pick of the game. So now the Niners are winning the turnover battle. And the defense came and really kind of shut us down and didn't allow us to capitalize on that, which was really unfortunate. That's when you, I think you should have, you got to pick something crazy. And then here's the other thing too. Let me backtrack a little bit. In the second quarter, I felt like there was a minute and 45 to go. You have three timeouts. Why not, you know, use some of those timeouts to manage the time so that you can have more play opportunities to march downfield and get that field goal attempt or potentially a touchdown score to go up before the half. And instead, Kyle just really let the clock go down. And then when he hits the big play for Kittle, we get it called back. And then there's not enough time to do anything. And so he just takes a knee and we go into the half without doing anything. That was another missed opportunity. Um, I thought, you know, and even when the camera panned to John Lynch, he was mimicking the, you know, the timeout symbol on his end because that's what he that was the first thing that I thought I was like oh we got the ball back uh, and I turned to cousin Brian and I was like oh my god we have a minute 45 to go that's plenty of time I was like we can actually mount a, a drive here and score before the half that would be great and Kyle kind of went the opposite route where he wanted to eat the time away first and I'm like you know why not use your timeouts it's not like if you save those timeouts they carry on over into the second half and you get six timeouts None of that happens. So, you know, use them while you got them, especially in a crunch moment like that with everything on the line. You got to go for the throat. I, I I agree. I thought that was the very first questionable call that Kyle made. I thought the other really, I really, I was really perplexed by that final drive. You got Raheem Mostert, again, just, just the, the lanes in that last drive. I mean, you could have put a bus through them. And I thought, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go eight or nine plays. Raheem Mostert runs every play. And then we're just going to run the ball with like five seconds left, and we're going to call it a day. Cool. That's fine. And it just seemed like Kyle was just determined to win with Jimmy G and put the game on his back. And um, I don't know if the criticisms of the last two weeks got to him, but at the same time, I'm like, who gives a shit? I don't give a shit how we win. But I really thought thought that was going to be – 
I really thought that was going to be the, uh, I really thought it was going to be, that was going to be the final way they were going to go about this. I really thought, okay, got it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to run the ball, kill the clock and win this game. And there's going to be no time left for the Kansas City Chiefs to do anything. And, um, you have the, uh, Kyle still drew up a great play. Emmanuel Sanders is completely open. Jimmy G way overthrows him, way overthrows him. But it still would have left so much time on the clock and more than enough time for Patrick Mahomes to mount another comeback. Um, I don't put the blame solely on Kyle Shanahan. I've seen that a lot this, uh, I've seen that a lot right now, and I completely disagree with that. I think that's uh, that's not fair. It's a team sport. Um so I was very I was very disappointed. I thought I thought Kyle made a couple questionable calls, the ones we just discussed. I thought Jimmy G didn't play his best. And um the uh the offense did let us down. I thought well, I thought the defense didn't play very well in the first and fourth quarter. I thought they really held it down in the th- second and third, but again, let the game slip away from them. But they probably were, I think they're also on the field a little bit more than they needed to be. You cannot just keep the Kansas City Chiefs offense out there and expect them to not score. You know that that's not going to happen. Well, I'm surprised. Well, you know, you know, and they let um, they allowed them to they allowed the Chiefs to really play balanced football. And Damian Williams, you know, he he had a good day statistically, much better than either of the two playoffs games where the team where the Chiefs were virtually one dimensional and had to really rely on just airing it out. But I mean, Damian Williams had 104 yards. He averaged six yards a carry. The Niners did really didn't have a good answer for him it's almost like they didn't respect the running game enough and as a result kind of got a little caught off guard you know and I'm obviously getting into more the wheeze of uh, you know psychological uh, speculation you know because I don't know what truly happened but it just seemed like the Chiefs were able to establish a running game and take some of that pressure off Patrick Mahomes um and and even then, I felt like the Niners were more defensively. They were more focused on stopping Patrick Mahomes than they were stopping to run. And the fact is, you got to stop both, just like they had been the previous two games. And I think Kyle had a more balanced offensive game plan this time around. And I think part of it was because the the running game was not, you know, just steamrolling this team. We did not have, you know, a large lead. Although two possessions, you got to feel pretty good with two possessions in the fourth quarter, and so you think um, you think there might have been some, you know, the the coverage is horrible. That fourth and ten on our last attempt with two min- two minutes and twenty five seconds to go, you had Raheem Mostert with the big run to to start that drive, and then you know a few plays later, Jimmy G has that horrible fourth and ten where you know he's getting sacked and he throws the ball with his two hands out of desperation to just kind of avoid the sack but it's like it's already fourth and ten doesn't matter where the ball goes it's that play is so dead and you know it's just it just got from bad to worst in in just a short period of time that's the part that really bothered me is the fact that this team was so disciplined so poised no matter what like even in the uh in the the saints game and the Baltimore Ravens game and the fur and both Seattle games and even that Atlanta game they just really kept it together but I felt like the pressure of the fact that it's you know this is it you know it's do or die uh, I just felt like they got they they got a little rattled towards the end because you know they were feeling the pressure of you know having the game slip away and rather than staying focused and sticking to the plan and really kind of sticking to your assignments they really kind of you know, f- fumbled and they got I spooked. Just felt like they, they, 
they they didn't look they didn't look like the same they didn't look like the same team in that second half of that quarter. They looked rattled, and I'm just like, why are you, why why are they why are they reacting this way with a two possession lead? You just just play sound football, play your assignments. Don't let these things get away, you know. And then the Tariq Hill third and fifteen bomb, you know. And then one after the other, Damian Williams is still running running successfully against us. I mean, we still had a good we had nearly what we had almost 150 yards rushing collectively between Coleman, Samuel and Mostert. That part was going great. Uh, That, that part was going really good. You, you could even argue that, you know, maybe Kyle should have, you know, threw in a few more of those, maybe a handful more, Um, you know, cause Jimmy, Jimmy was good for the most part. And, you know, there was the pick early that he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but he didn't put enough air underneath it to push it uh, out of bounds and ended up turning into a pick. So Jimmy's got to obviously get better with that. And then the second one was just desperate. You, you're, it's like you're not even trying at that point. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers at the, at the end of the NFC Championship last week. It's like he knows the game's out of hand. So he just, ah, I'm just going to heave it. And if we score, great, because it doesn't matter because we're still down by 17. So it's just a, a dignity score at this point. You know, Jimmy did the same thing. And then that was like, oh, now, you know, now if you were expecting to get a, a score with some kind of onside kick attempt, now you ha- don't even have that opportunity. And it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of embarrassing. It was, it was, and, I, you know, I, I didn't even watch uh, that last. I was like, I'm not going to watch the trophy ceremony. I'm not going to watch the clock run out. You know, I know it's, I know what this is going to lead to. So, and, you know, maybe I'm being a little bitter about it and a little pouty about it. But, you know, I just don't like seeing my team lose. It sucks to see your team lose, especially in the fashion that they lost. And, you know, they're, Kyle Shanahan's going to be questioned from here on out until next season, until he gets back there again. And then, you know, and then we'll, we'll go, we'll cycle through all this stuff. Well, not we, we, we don't, we're not as uh, irritating as the media is when it comes to reliving history. Hey, hold on, Ray, let's, um, let's, uh, let's take a break. This is the gold cast. Today's episode of the gold cast is sponsored by the Arizona office of tourism. Hey, Goldcast Nation. Football is officially over. And you know what that means? It means that baseball is just around the corner. This spring, you can follow the San Francisco Giants, the Oakland A's, or your favorite baseball team to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Arizona offers a -a one-of-a-kind training experience. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in Greater Phoenix within 50 miles. You can meet the players and get autographs before games. Maybe you can meet Madison Bumgarner and tell him to rip up his contract and come back to the Giants. Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Hiking, biking, jeep tours, hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, or just taking in a sunset. No matter what you love to do, AZ has you covered. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That site, one more time, is visitarizona.com slash spring training. Let them know that the gold cast sent you. All right, finish your thoughts. Sorry about that. You know, we're not going to be as annoying as the media to... um, you know, to rehash history and dissect things, you know, redundantly to the point where it's inane and, and banal. But what we are going to do is, you know, 
hope for the best. You know, when Kyle, I believe Kyle Shanahan with this particular team and this coaching staff has the ability to get back here again, whether they do it next year or not, obviously remains to be seen, but they've got the personnel to do it and they don't really have a, a lot of holes to fix. It's just more of tightening, tightening the roost, noose around a couple of areas. Not really all that much, you know, to, off the top of my head, corner wide receiver you're really looking at those two areas in terms of really tightening things up. And you've already got a great start to Debo Samuel's career who really came on strong for majority of the season, really after the first quarter of the season where I know he dropped that big touchdown pass after that, I'd say about halfway point Debo Samuel really came on. So hopefully Jalen Hurd is able to turn into something and, and draw some inspiration from that and, and turn into something special. To me, he looks like he could be something like a, like a Mike Evans. I think that would be amazing to have a big, tall, big, tall red zone target. I know Kendrick Bourne is in that position in that role right now, but Kendrick Bourne's not someone that's, you know, he's, he's, he's mainly a red zone threat. He's not a big chain mover. He had he had one catch like that where he moved the change in this game in this game, but sometimes he drops the layups and then he makes a spectacular catch. So he's he's got this weird thing going on where I just I hope that if that cleans up then great. Then you've got two big big targets for the red zone, not just, you know, then players have to account for more than just a George Kittle or a Kendrick Bourne. Then you got to think about Jalen Hurd too. So that's going forward, you know, cuz that's kind of where we're at now. There's I don't know how much more we can talk about what went wrong and what went right for the team that we didn't want to win. But, you know, looking ahead, I think those are some things that really come to mind is, you know, solidifying wide receiver. I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders comes back and also tightening up the corner position. I think Emmanuel Mosley's great. I think Witherspoon, you know, had you know, really was never able to recover from his injury and get back to the way he was playing through the first three weeks. And he, you know, he was a liability. And so I'm glad they pulled him out. Tavarius Moore had a great Super Bowl. I thought Tavarius Moore was terrific in the Super Bowl. I was surprised to even see him in the in the formation. But, I, you know, depending on the, the coverages we were in, I think uh, Salah wanted to have some, some extra support out there in the backfield. But I thought he was great. Kawan Williams has been great. Sherman has obviously been great. Kwaski Tart and Jimmy Ward, they they had okay games. They weren't. I didn't think they were playing played their best game in, in this contest. Unfortunately, you know, I'd rather have them play shitty last week or the week before than come into this game and kind of have a a less than stellar game. I mean, even Jimmy Ward did lead the team in tackles at the end of the day. So I mean, I guess that counts for something. And and you know, I know Tart was tied for second with five tackles but again I just thought they took some bad angles in in some positions and I thought that they were very poor in coverage overall Mm -hmm. so I just think that needs to shore up and you know I know Quan Alexander played in this game but you know he didn't really have all that big of an impact at all he only had one tackle so he was really a non-factor you know I know he having him back I think still meant a lot to this team in terms of getting healthy at the right time Sometimes a, a player's presence is all you need in order to really kind of feel confident uh, as a collective group, and he certainly brought that to the team, but he was really a non-factor in most of the games he played in after his injury. He just kind of, I think, you know, he just needed some more time to recover. He wasn't all that great in this game either. You know, he had that one really bad missed tackle against Damian Williams off to the sideline there, I think, early in the game, like uh, second quarter. I can't I can't exa- remember exactly, but anyways, it was just... Um, I thought the front four were terrific. I thought Bosa was great. Buckner was great. Eric Armstead had great pressure. D Ford was okay. 
I, I thought that group, you know, really kind of did, you know, what they've been doing. You know, a Tark, I mean, Tark did have a sack too. I, I will, I don't want to completely discredit him. You know, and Earl Mitchell had a half a sack too as well. So but I thought the pressure was really good. It just needed to, they just needed some more tight coverage to really kind of, because some guys were just too open. And I don't know whether that was just bad coverage or the speed thing became an issue because, because I thought that that was really the bigger matchup. It wasn't Mahomes getting the ball out on time because I think if you, the rush is there, then it's, if it's great. The coverage had to be there in this game to, to really beat that speed. And I felt that there was just too many opportunities where those guys were catching balls just wide open. And sometimes the pressure was there. And when and even in the face of that pressure, the the ball was still hitting the target um, because of the lack of coverage. So to me, that's why I think, you know, cornerback first, wide receiver second in terms of how to reload this team for next season. Because, you know, coming into the season, we had a whole lot of question marks and lots of holes. But now going forward, you know, now that you know you got enough that this group can get you to the big game, barring, you know, any injury. As long as they stay healthy, which way they were able to do, they they overcame the injuries that had, you know, kind of uh, hindered them in the latter half of the season. But going forward, I think, uh, yeah, you've just got, you've really got only two places to to tighten things up, and then you've got you've got the potential to really run the gamut against the league. Yeah, so totally, it's very hard to get back to the Super Bowl. It's very very difficult, and. Um, I hope we do. I want to talk about some more positive stuff. Uh, I want to. I want to switch the narrative. First of all, it was an incredible season. I mean, we did not, in our wildest dreams, think that this was, you know, a possibility at the time. I am so blown away by what the Niners were able to do this year. We went from four and twelve to the effing Super Bowl. That's insane. That is a turnaround that very few teams can make. This is a smart franchise, expertly coached, expertly played at all levels, and uh, we need to shore up a couple of holes. Um, the thing I'm just most worried about is that it's tough, man, and every team is going to be gunning for us. We're going to have the target on our back, and I'm not saying that we're not capable of, of answering the bell. I think back to two teams I've seen in the last two years and other sports that really did that in the last 10 years. The San Antonio Spurs, after they lost to the Miami Heat, they were so angry and so pissed, and they spent the entire season on a death mode and went right in there and then destroyed the Cavaliers. Destroyed them. Absolutely destroyed them. And uh, won by—I mean, not the Cavaliers, the Miami Heat. And won by the largest margin of victory ever seen in an NBA Finals. Kansas City Royals, same exact thing. They lose to us in heartbreaking fashion. Game 7, Madison Bumgarner, greatest single uh, pitching performance of all time. And lo and behold, they go on a tear and they come right back the next year and they win their World Series. 49ers came close in 2013. We lost the NFC Championship to the Seattle Seahawks and uh, they went on to win. And I, I believed had we won, we would have won the Super Bowl. We were both, just, that was the real Super Bowl, was that game. And uh, the Broncos were not ready at all and we would have destroyed them. I think equally it would have been fine. So it's very hard. No team has ever come back, right? Is that, wait a minute. Am I making the stat up that no team's ever come back and won the Super Bowl after losing it the previous year? No, Miami did, I think, didn't they? No, Dan Marino never went back to the Super Bowl. No, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that Miami team. I'm talking about the '70s Miami team. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what that. I'm not sure. Yeah, you have to go to the. Uh, you have to go to the dolphin cast. Yeah, the uh, the, uh, the pink and the pink and teal cast. Yeah, the uh, what is it? Uh, the flipper, the flipper cast. Yeah, the uh, the the, uh, uh, the the podcast Vice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but it was an incredible season. Um, Jimmy G, definitely, I think it was a good season for him. As far as he's got to get through these growing pains, man. There's another level for him to go. And uh, it's one thing to come in and win five games when no one knows who you are. It's another thing to lead lead a team to a Super Bowl. And you know Tom Brady, he is not at the moment. Will he? Will it always be that way? I that's no. I don't necessarily think that's always going to be that way. But he definitely there's another level for him, and he's got to get there. And uh, and Kyle's got to figure this out. I thought Kyle played, played coached a pretty smart game, but you know a couple the Super Bowl. Most of the time with teams at this level isn't lost on one one play. It's lost on a series of small errors that accumulate to a loss by the end of the game. And the ones we've already met, mentioned uh, were the primary reasons. And so, but all in all, it was a great season, right? What a ride, man. What a ride. The gauntlet. It was. I mean, Way beyond beyond you know anyone's expectation, I think in the beginning of the year I was projecting a ten and six record, so thirteen and three. They bested my prediction by three games, and and in obviously in the sport of football, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference between wild card and first round bye, and we all know how beneficial the first round bye was to this team. It really was one of the big positive moments in the season that allowed us to even get an opportunity in the Super Bowl, in my opinion, um, because I thought health was a real issue that was really causing a lot of games to get become a little bit closer, closer for, for comfort and them being able to really get healthy because of the buy, I think really allowed them to get back on track. Had, they were able to kind of turn back into the, the, the team we saw in the first quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, you know, just it was there just a couple of mistakes and that's all it takes in football. And, you know, we weren't able to close it out, but we got damn near close three and a half quarters. Yep. You know, that's that's a small margin. It is a small a small margin of correction. It is. It is a small margin of uh, correction. And you really do have to tip your hat off to the Chiefs as much as I don't want to do it. You really have to tip 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 your hat off to them they never gave up Patrick Mahomes after throwing two interceptions could have laid down and died and he just refused and um you know they deserved they deserved the win they deserved it they wanted it more in that fourth quarter and they fought for it and uh we uh we kind of let the moment get the best of us but going back you know some of the best moments of the season playing the playing the Packers twice and destroying them that was great playing the Saints on the road down Winning 45-42, right? Was it 45-42? That was the final score, wasn't it? Yeah, it was by one point. Jimmy G, you know, that was the uh, the Jimmy G game where Jimmy aired it out. I mean, he had he had about three or four games. Jimmy G, you know, aired it out about 25% of the season and everything. And then there was about another 25% of the season where he leaned more on the rushing game or the defense. And then the other 50% of the season was balanced. Yeah, yeah. That's how I. That's how I kind of equated. Yeah, yeah. It was. 
it was a it was a great great season, man. I remember uh, the why not us campaign that I started right around week four and five. Why not us? Why can't we go? I mean, I kind of it was really early in the season, but I was just like, if you look at this team, how it's constructed, strength of schedule, why not us? We can make this happen. The 49ers, why not us? I mean, uh, Philly, Philly's done it. Why can't we do it? Remember, we we talked about the why not us campaign that began in the beginning of the season, and uh, the 49ers succeeded at that goal. Uh, you know, getting back to another NFC Championship, getting back to another Super Bowl, and uh, it was a it was a it was a wild ride. I can't be mad at the 49ers for delivering what was a wonderful, wonderful season. And in fact, what I would, what I do want to say is I would, you know, because I know Jed York listens to us every single week. You know, obviously, what else does he do with his free time? Um, most billionaires that own the 49ers like to listen to the gold cast. We are the, we're the billionaire standard. Ding. So, uh, but I, but I, the, uh, I will say thank you to the 49ers. <laughs> 10, 10 billion. 10 billion. <laughs> I will say thank you to the 49ers because what a fucking season, man. They just they just gave us the season of a lifetime. And um, once again, filling our hearts and uniting the city behind the red and gold, which is what they're the best at. We are a football town first and foremost. And as much as I love our other teams, the 49ers are the center of my sports universe and will always be the center of this podcast, the sports universe and our sports fandom. And so I, I have nothing bad to say about their season. And I'm really, really happy that we got to experience what we have. And even though it ended in the most heartbreaking of fashions, I'm so depressed today. So sad. I am appreciative of the fact that, you know, Raymond, we're sitting here talking about, damn, we lost the NBA finals. We lost the Super Bowl back to back. I mean, how many cities don't even get to be in one? You know what I mean? We were in two. We've been in 10 championships in the last 11 years or 20, 10 years. It's been an incredible ride. And uh, it just sucks that the the one thing that eludes us is the Super Bowl. You know, had we won these two or just one of them, I would have been more than grateful. You know, but um, this is now four Four of the ten we've lost, and uh, you know it's it's a it's it's a tough one, but at the same time, so few cities get to ever experience this, and um, we were there, man, and it was a wild ride. It was a really wild ride. I loved going through the gauntlet. We ended up becoming the gauntlet. I really thought it was going to be the Ravens and the 49ers, and what a battle that would have been too. Um, the uh, but then it really did start to look like the it might be the Niners and Chiefs, and I was pretty calm and confident. And then the game started, and I definitely got pretty nervous um, the game was going. I never felt comfortable, and uh, I agree. Once we, did not, once we didn't capitalize on the interception, uh, the second one, I got really nervous. I was like, this is not good. Ten points is nothing to this team. you know. And, um, but, but in general, pretty dope-ass dope season. Raheem Mostert really coming on at the end. Tevin Coleman getting us started. Nick Bosa, I mean, just a beast everything he was billed as billed as advertised the strength and conditioning program that we employed at the beginning of the season was truly truly the difference you know we got the guys from um uh the hockey team from philly um i'm running a blank but um you know they completely completely gutted the strength and conditioning program and modernized it and brought it completely up to date and you really saw the difference this year and the way they were like resting and not taking risks with guys I, I really thought they really clamped down 
on the health of this team. And it was something that was really plaguing us. And you really have to tip your hat off to John Lynch for just thinking out the box and finding a way to get this team healthy. And John Lynch, 46 of the 53-man roster, all brought on under John Lynch's tenure. And what an incredible job he has done. And um, I love Kyle Shanahan. I am a firm believer in Kyle Shanahan. I'm a firm believer in Robert Sala. Uh, They're great coaches. I I can't say enough good things about them. Richard Sherman's comeback season, fucking badass, man. What a comeback for Richard Sherman. He, uh, he He really put it down for this team and was, I thought, the heart and soul of the defense, just the way he uh, he uh, he led the organization. Um, yeah, Debo Samuel's coming on the way he did. I was really frustrated the year before with Dante Pettis, especially when I was looking across the pond and seeing uh, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, seeing Cooper Cup really kind of ball out in his, in his first year. And I'm like, that's that's what just... I was, I was really hoping he would... Re- yeah, I, I I I couldn't agree more. He's he's been the biggest. Dis- well, I mean, Reuben Foster was a big one, um, just because we knew that potential was there, and he just I don't know, just was never right mentally. Just couldn't stay focused. But as far as Pettis, man, I really with with him being you know holding the NCAA record for you know return touchdowns, I really thought he was going to be able to be that player for us. But he's just too damn small. Uh, you know, he looks like a looks like he'll break in half if he you know attempts a a return punt or kickoff I just don't know to me he just doesn't have it in him it's just not in him at least so far I mean maybe I know there's other players that I've you know held hope for versus other ones but to me with all the success that was happening around this team for him to just kind of go in the opposite way and regress that to me tells me you're you're not locked in you're not you're not on board with everyone else. You haven't bought into the philosophy and you haven't applied it to to your practice and and you haven't applied it to your ambition as a player. That's 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 why I kind of have a little bit more doubt in him versus other players I in the past. But um but yeah, I I um I wouldn't I'd be okay if he doesn't come back next year. I'm fine with it too. I'd like to see Jalen Hurd. I'd like to see what this kid's capable of cuz clearly they saw something yeah, in him. Yeah, very excited for him. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there was just a lot of great moments. There was a real lot of great moments. I loved watching uh, the uh, – I loved – we were called pretenders all year long. We literally pretended our way to a Super Bowl. And uh, I loved it. I loved the kind of us-against-the-world mentality, which I think is always the best for the 49ers. The 49ers always work their best when no one believes in us. And um, it, was a, it was just a great season, man, really great season, so many – Dope ass moments. George Kittle doing George Kittle things. Kyle Uzcheck, man, that diving for the for that first touchdown was off the hook. That was great. Ah, was great. I thought that was. Ah, a, I thought that was a a surprising and really um a surprising because he you know he's so he's so underutilized in the offense in terms of you know receptions and run plays because it's just he's so skilled at the blocking. You know he's a he's a huge part of the run game success this season, but him catching out of the backfield the way he did in this Super Bowl, I thought was a really big secret weapon that I would have liked to see just a little bit more of because Kansas City just really didn't seem to have a whole lot of. I know I know that second catch when he when he got into the touchdown it was a tight throw that was uh, low and behind him and the coverage was tight, but I mean he still made a great catch and run. 
and I just think that that was a nice little secret weapon that you know you probably could have. I would have liked to see at least maybe maybe two more plays uh, of two more plays with him as the uh, primary target, just because the Chiefs didn't seem to to catch that one. And he's because he's so underutilized, it's very easy to lose him in traffic like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just so regardless, you know, we had we had another great season with all of our friends. Johnny Dell coming on to the show, real big friend of the pod, came in for a couple, three episodes and just threw haymakers left and right. It was great to have him. Candlestick Will joining uh, earlier last year, kind of before the, as the NBA uh, finals was going through and getting him on board was great. And uh, the gold cast really evolved. And I think we, we, you know, the Niners took a step up. We're taking a huge step up. Oh my gosh, you guys have no idea. Um, you may even notice how, how wonderful our voices sound because all this beautiful, all this brand new beautiful equipment just for you guys. And that, you know, it, uh, us getting our sponsors, you know, it was just, a, it was a magical, this has been a magical run. And uh, I'm really sad that it, it ended in the fashion that it did. But boy, what a ride. And no one can take that away from us, Ray. No one believed in us. I didn't even think so. I thought, no way, we're not going to do this. And uh, lo and behold, uh, the 49ers uh, delivered a, a pretty badass season. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful for what we have, and um, it's just a bummer to end in the fashion that it did. But uh, totally. Any uh, any final thoughts? Um, just uh, that uh, you know, when the dust really settles, because uh, uh, to me the dust hasn't really settled at all. It's been it's only been barely 24 hours. So when the dust truly settles for me. I think uh, I think we have a lot to look forward to next season. I think so too, and um, I really hope the 49ers go on a, uh, a Kansas City Royals or San Antonio Spurs run, and it's just revenge mode, and we go back in the Super Bowl, and I don't give a shit who's waiting for us. We effing destroy them. That's what I'm hoping for, and um, I, I am tired of losing the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm really over it. So... All right, what say you, Goldcast Nation? Feel free to uh, vent your souls out at youtube.com slash the Goldcast and uh, tell us how you feel. Let us know in the comments. And um, yeah, great season. The Goldcast moves on. We got another Top 11 podcast coming up pretty soon. We will be having more of our Gold Dives. It's the off season. Candlestick Will's going to be joining us for the Gold Dives. Guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, Candlestick Will will be joining us for pretty much the entire year. And, oh, yes, Candlestick Will will be on for NFL next year. You guys get Candlestick Will for all the games, all the sports. Finally, Raymond, Candlestick Will will be joining us. How dope is that? It's going to be exciting. Just wait. Fire. Just, yep. Fire. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast.